0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Steve Forbes.
1: And I'm Kenzie Banali, and we are back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's Premier League draw against Leicester.
0: Now joining us for this week's podcast we have former Saints captain Dean Hammond and former Daily Echo reporter Adam Leach. Dean, now getting a point after playing with 10 men for 80 minutes, just how pleasing will that be and how much did the side have to dig in for that result? I think it's really pleasing,
2: Steve. I think there was
3: the team performance was excellent. there was some really really good individual performance as well showed that real resilience, that grit um, the support for each other played as a you know as a really good team performance um, and I think the point is really, really important. you know I think that makes Southampton safe now in my opinion. I think ten points from Fulham is too big a gap um, so it just allows the players to be a little bit more Not relax, as in they stop, but relax in terms of their performances and they can play with a little bit more confidence, um, which, which which is good going into the last, what, four or five games of the season. So a really, really important point, an excellent performance from the team. And I think that will go towards building and rebuilding a lot of confidence within the group.
1: Yeah, most definitely an excellent performance indeed. And Adam, we were all a bit surprised by the team news, weren't we? Particularly Stephen starting at left back. But I suppose everything went out the window with that early red card.
4: Yeah, it did, Kenzie. It, did, it changed everything in a way, but but in another way, it changed everything for the better. Um, we can't ever know what would have happened had 11 players been, been on the field, as really should have happened, in my opinion, um, because of the red card that, that probably shouldn't have been. But actually, going down to ten it, it galvanised Saints somehow. It, it pulled them together. It unified them. They kind of had a common purpose all of a sudden, uh, and it was a real backs to the wall underdog siege mentality, if you like. And and that really brought the best out of Saints, the best that we've seen really from them over a over a, well an eighty minute period uh, for a long period of time period of time really. Um, they, they were strong. They were resilient. Um, Jack kind of typified that, really. He was in the team for a defensive role, to, predominantly. He wasn't a left back to be getting forward and be bombing on down the wing. He was there to do a job defensively. And then with everything that happened, it was kind of just as well he was on the pitch and sort of typified how well Saints did with that real backs to the wall uh, spirit but, but it really drove them together and it drove a really good performance and, and an encouraging uh, result to take forward as well. And they should take a lot of heart and a lot of confidence. And I hope that for them going forward, it will, it will really bring them closer together. And they kind of realise, actually, you know what, these are the kind of things that we need to get back to doing now. But with 11 players on the pitch and with 11 players on the pitch and the quality that Saints have, they can get back to winning games again.
1: Well, certainly plenty of talking points from this one. We will get to doing that in just a moment. But before we do, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent.
5: Bertrand missing, and that's a great ball from Vestergaard. And Walker-Peters is in. This could be his first Saints goal, and it is! But the flag's gone up. He's offside. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, that's the icing on the cake for them, isn't it? Yeah, but the Champions League will be the one. As if they give the ball away, then Vestergaard could be in trouble. Vardy goes down. It could be a red... He got caught on the ball by Vardy just outside the penalty area. Robert Jones, who's an inexperienced Premier League referee, has got a decision to make here. It's a red card. But he got the ball, Dave. Have another yep. look. I, I don't, I'm not sure it is a foul. He actually gets the ball there. But he still took the player out. Yeah, but he, he got the ball in the yeah. challenge. He he's got the challenge of the ball, but he's took the player out. And that's a foul approaching the hour mark, takes it back to Armstrong who fires it against Leicester bodies and there's huge screams for a handball and the referee says yes! (laughs) And Saints have a penalty! Now it's nil-nil after being down to 50 minutes to 10 and Ward fires the penalty! And he has his 8th league goal of the season and 10-man Southampton have the lead against Leicester at St Mary's. Saints lead Leicester. 1-0 with 10 men. They've had 10 since just after 10 minutes. This time a clever ball curled and that is the equaliser. Flag stays down. It was a lovely ball in and this time Johnny Evans was up from the previous set piece I think. He's got his whistle to his mouth and that's
0: it. That's a great result. A fantastic point for Southampton. Well, let's get stuck into arguably the biggest talking point of the game, which, as Kenzie said, came just after ten minutes, which was Vestergaard's red card. Maybe Adam, there's something that I don't understand about the game, but it seemed like he won the ball, albeit made a bit of contact with Vardy. What did you make of it?
4: Well, Steve, I don't understand it either in that case because I, I just I just don't get it. I mean, I was it was a baffling decision when I first saw it. I um, I thought, okay they've given a serious foul play because it was not a great follow through on that challenge from Vestergaard it was it called vardy very awkwardly and i thought mm, i'm i'm not sure it is a red card but i don't see this getting overturned because it's it, you know it looks bad then when you hear it's for denying a goal scoring opportunity i just w- what is going on he's won the ball Clearly, there's obviously no debate about that. So are we saying that we're we're now measuring in what, split seconds now in this game? Is is that what it is? Like, Vestergaard took the ball. Are we now saying in the split second between him winning the ball and then connecting with Vardy, that is the goal-scoring opportunity that he's denying there? Because, I mean, football is played in real time. It's a tackle. Your tackle comes as a follow-through. That's just the way it is. If we're going to have this on all these decisions, I mean, it's going to completely change the way the game is played. And and I I just was absolutely stunned. I didn't don't understand it. I think it was a crazy decision. If that was what it was given for, then then I, like you Steve, I don't understand the rules because it seemed like a perfectly legitimate challenge to me. Um, clear goal scoring opportunity, really. Even if you took it to that split second, if you really analyse it, was Vardy actually going to get that ball and get onto the end of that and, and put it in the net? Oh, I don't. I just don't think so. I mean, Ralph was obviously fuming he had on the sidelines. I don't think he'd seen it back at that point. And I think he was probably quite angry with Vestigar because, it, in truth, it was a lapse in concentration that put him in that mess in the first place. And he shouldn't have got himself in that situation with that touch. They let the ball run away. But then once you get to that point, I mean, he's recovered the situation. It's, it was a crazy, crazy decision for me. And to not for VAR to, to think that that was right, I mean, that's the most troubling thing of all. It's not that the referee gets it wrong because it's easy for referees to get it wrong because they're there in the heat of the action. It's all happening so fast around them. They can only use their best judgment. But VAR is there to stamp out areas. Uh, how is this not an error? I, do, I, I literally am stunned. I just, I just don't understand it. Should it be rescinded, do you reckon? Well, I mean, I, I would think that Saints would appeal this. I, I'd be stunned if they don't appeal it. I mean, I, I, but it would be great to know what the technicality is that the VAR have, have used to actually justify that decision. Is there something somewhere in a rule somewhere that we I, I just don't know of or don't understand? Because I don't see how they wouldn't at least have said to the referee, Go and have a look at the monitor and just double check that you're happy with this decision. I I don't understand how we're not referring things like that. I mean, because, yeah, but I would think Saints will appeal. I would think most football fans who are watching it would hope that they would be successful in it because that is against the spirit of the laws for me, uh, for that to be a red card.
1: yeah, It certainly feels slightly baffling, doesn't it? Uh, Dean, what are your thoughts on this?
2: I totally agree with with Adam. You know, the sending off for denying a goal-scoring opportunity is non-existent. It's not even there. Vestergaard gets the ball. Um, I agree that there's potentially a discussion and argument if you're going for serious foul play. But I think that's, again, only because you see it in slow motion. Um, and I don't think Vestergaard can do anything about it. He's, once you... Um, touch the ball and you're in motion you can't stop your motion you can't stop your foot suddenly that's not possible so I think it's it's scary I think the sad thing is I think we're losing our game if I'm honest I think it's been turned into a non-contact sport which is not how we want football to be played yes you want it to be safe you don't want anyone to get injured but tackles and injuries happen in football that is part of football Um, and I think we're losing that and that's that's really disappointing and and the scary thing is the people making these decisions get to see this in slow motion, get to see it a lot, you know, many, many times, and they're still making that decision. I think that's the scary thing. And obviously not allowing the referee to go and um, look at it again in slow motion. Because I have no doubt in my mind, absolutely no doubt, if the referee had gone up to the monitor and looked at that in slow motion, he wouldn't have given a sending off. He wouldn't have decided it would have been a sending off, whatever, for either foul play or denying a goal scoring opportunity. So it's really, really sad and something has to be done about it because whether former players need to be involved to help those decisions, whether someone needs to come out and really explain the rules, like Adam's mentioned there, because we just don't understand it and we're baffled and it is causing a lot of confusion, probably anger as well. And the decisions are really, really not right. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's the disappointing thing. But the, denying a goal scoring opportunity is not even a discussion. It, it, there's there's nothing on it. Jamie Vardy got is getting nowhere near that ball. Vestergaard gets the ball clearly. There's a follow-through, but no, there's
0: no opportunity to score. So, yeah, it's really disappointing. Yeah, I think we'll be scratching our heads until a reason's given or it's rescinded. Uh, moving on from that point, uh, the game did start really well for Southampton. Carl Walker-Peters had a goal disallowed. And Adam, ironically, it was a great ball from Yannick.
4: Yeah, it was. It was. And what a start to the game. And not not only that, I mean, Saints were were on top early on just in general. I mean, Nathan Teller's chance, oh, it was a great chance. A great chance such a shame for him that would have been a a great moment for him to slide that in it was a, but yeah it's just one of those where i think maybe that that slight lack of experience there told i think maybe it was a he just had that fraction of a second to think about what the magnitude of that moment was for him i think unfortunately and and that just caused him to scuff it but it was a great start from saints they they really looked up for it from the very first whistle um obviously the red card came pretty early on as well but but as we said it just didn't really it didn't really stop them it changed the way they were doing things obviously it changed the game plan uh, for sure but but given we've seen a couple of instances you know in our in our memories where they've had early red cards and well capitulated this was completely the opposite this was a team that felt like they they had learned from that experience and they took that early momentum forward and to be honest they actually they created a few chances they actually caused Leicester a few problems at times which is you know you wouldn't have expected them to be able to do that you wouldn't have expected them to be able to implement the press at any point but they did yes they did it in slightly different areas of the field they weren't pressing Leicester on the edge of Leicester's penalty area but they were still effective um, throughout the game and I think that was a real credit to
2: them
1: well, Dean, the next call for the officials was the handball. What was your view on that one?
2: I think it was a penalty. Uh, I think it was um, pretty clear. I like the way the referee took his time on the decision. He actually looked at it, kind of stepped away. The ball came out of the box. Um, Leicester were kind of, kind of come away with the ball, and then made the decision. So he gave, he paused, and he gave himself a bit of time. Uh, but I think it was pretty clear. It was a. It was really interesting because from the free kit where James Prowse was, uh, you know, stepping up to take it. I thought Leicester were a little bit naive, left Stuart Armstrong on the edge of the box, no one there. The pullback was pretty obvious. I mean, at home, I was screaming at the TV to to put it back and not try and curl it in because the angle was so tight. Um, so really clever play from, from James there. Good pullback, good connection from Stuart Armstrong. And was it on target? Was it going to go over potentially? but it definitely hits the arm. Um, it's very, very clear. So no, a good decision. Um, and I don't think that needed to be reviewed. Every decision Leicester players are, or uh, the opposition players are gonna contest it. That's just, uh, that's just human nature. Uh, but I think it was the right decision and a really good penalty, a cool, calm um, head from James, very composed and a good penalty. And at that point there wasn't much in the game like Adam mentioned, you know, Leicester weren't causing Southampton too many problems and probably deserved the lead so full credit for being pretty smart
0: on the free kick but definitely a
2: penalty
0: yeah definitely well Adam we did speak in the pre-match show about some not so great penalties or or not a great technique from Dusan Tadic and after missing one against West Brom it was great to see James Ward-Prowse bury this one so emphatically
4: yeah it was a it was a terrific penalty really really good I mean there was not not the look of a player there who had any doubts in his mind about what he was going to do when he stepped up to take it I think well, the way that Prowse takes the, the free kicks, you kind of know he, he naturally is going to go right-footed and he kind of often goes across with his right foot. That's kind of his technique, the way he Plants his standing foot and how he gets so much movement on the ball. So you always felt the chances were he was going to go across with his right foot into that corner. Casper uh, Schmeichel kind of knew it as well and he went the right way and he dived full length, but it was so well-placed and with such good power that... Yeah, keeper had absolutely no chance of getting it. I mean, he came as close as anybody was going to come to keeping that out. But realistically, you just were not going to save that. And um, that was really encouraging to see. And it again, it shows some good character in Prowsey to you know to still be prepared to step up and keep taking them, even when you've missed a couple this season. Um, that's that's strength from him. And I think also it's a, it's another one of those things from his point of view. And to his credit, that shows his kind of leadership qualities. He isn't being backed down or he wouldn't step away from from taking them and taking the responsibility. And I think that's a really important uh, part of what he's bringing to the team at the moment in, in a general sense as well.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, let's talk about Salasu now then. Uh, Dean, the switch up after the red card meant that we did get to see him at centre-back. How did he do in that position for you? Well,
3: I was really pleased that he got the opportunity to play at centre-back and the manager stuck um, by his, his game plan, keeping Jack Steen at left-back. I thought he did excellent. I really did. I think it was a perfect game for, for him to play. And He had lots of opportunities to defend, um, lots of opportunities to, to win headers and be aggressive and play on the front foot. I thought his positioning was, was pretty good. He, he read certain situations where the ball was coming into the striker's feet. He came nice and close or he dropped off to, to win a header or, or make a clearance. So a good performance from him and it will really, really help him, giving that confidence that the manager's got the trust in him to play at centre-half and giving him confidence that, you know, he's defended for a good 80 minutes against a very, very good uh Leicester team Um and only conceded once, really. So, no, good for him. And I like him because he, he's obviously left-footed. That gives the team some balance. When you've got a left-footed centre-half and a right-footed centre-half, that's the preferred partnership. Um So I think it would just benefit his confidence. Um, his experience in the Premier League, which we talked about previously. But I liked it. He looked look, conditioning-wise as well. He lasted the game. He didn't look lucky for teams. Um, so that's a positive as well. And he did very, very well.
0: Yeah, looks a good young player. Adam, unfortunately for Southampton, Leicester did get the equaliser in the 68th minute. Can you talk us through that one?
4: Well, I think, to be honest, it, it would be... I mean, you can pick apart any goal that any team concedes. But I think, like, tonight, it would be quite harsh to really... Pull apart Saints for for the way that goal was conceded because they defended so well. And when you you're down to ten for such a long period of time, the opposition are going to create chances. That's just the way it is. You 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 aren't likely to completely shut them out. You're going to need a little bit of luck, a little bit of poor finishing, good goalkeeping performance, and to play really well to get anything out of a game when you're playing 80 minutes basically with a man down. So I don't think it was unexpected. It had been coming. Leicester had cranked up the pressure at that point. But I think from from a Saints point of view, it was it was it felt like it was terrible timing that could, to concede that goal because you, you kind of were just hoping at that point when they were under that pressure, they might just be able to weather that storm. They might be able to get to maybe 10 minutes to go with their one nil lead intact. Because then you feel like if, if one goes in, you've still got a chance then. To concede that that comparatively early, I think, yeah, I mean, I certainly was worried for them at that point and worried they'd get nothing out of the game and that it would just be a, a siege basically from Leicester from then on. So uh, I think that's what's so incredible in a way that when St, because of the time Saints conceded, that they actually then were able to see out the game and get that point. So disappointing, you know, in isolation as the equaliser was, I don't feel like it's kind of a night to really nitpick on that too much because it was such a fantastic performance from Saints, so disciplined and you can forgive them because seeing the
2: goal when you play 80 minutes for 10 men.
1: Dean, how would you assess the point for both sides?
2: I think it's it's both sides um, will be okay with it to be honest. I think that point especially for Southampton makes them pretty much safe. Um, I think that's 10 points clear of, of Fulham. Um, it obviously stops the, the defeats um, and it was a good performance um, so I think from a Southampton point of view I think that's a really really important point point. Um, and from the performance wise I think that's you know as good as a uh, point as you're going to get really because of the circumstances so there's there's lots of encouragement from that in terms of Leicester I think that takes them eight points clear of fifth place which I think is West Ham so they're in a really, really strong position as well. So I don't think they'll be too disappointed. Um, I think we forget that they they played on Monday night as well. Um, so they've had less time to recover. Um, so they'll be pretty happy with four points from, from this week's um, fixtures. And they're in a very, very strong position in terms of getting in that Champions League. So I still think they'll have a very successful um, season, you know, an FA Cup final um, and finishing the Champions League. So both teams, I think... Will believe they could have won the game, you know, Southampton being ahead and, and Leicester obviously having the ascendancy with 11 against 10. But both, I think, both managers
0: will be pretty pleased with that point. Well, let's hear from Ralph Harsenhutel now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game.
6: Ralph, you must be very proud of your players this evening, they've put in an awful lot of effort to get that point tonight. Yeah,
7: absolutely, uh, absolutely. Congratulations for what they have done today, especially. In the defense it was a really tough tough work to do but when you do it like this then you deserve to get something and uh, maybe also because i think that the red card was not really a red card and uh, when you get punished like this with a vr decision i don't know if it's necessary to to give you a red but finally yeah the most important thing and this is what what, what we should speak about the most is the the, the really really effort we put into today.
6: Have you had an explanation from the officials about why Yannick was given a straight red?
7: Yeah, it was a denying of a clear goal chance. But for me, it was not really a clear goal chance because Vardy never controlled the ball. He was never on the ball. It was a pass back to the goalkeeper. Uh, The goalkeeper was on the jump for the ball. So I don't think he gets this ball, uh, even if it doesn't hit him. But uh, even there, I mean, uh, for me, uh, yeah, hard to understand.
6: For you as a manager in that position, you then have a split second decision to make, which you're not expecting to make. What was the thinking behind um, you know, addressing the balance of the team and having to take Nathan off?
7: Yeah, You must change immediately that you get a centre back on the pitch. Uh, cannot wait so long like last time where we were waiting too long. I think we have learned in this moment also to, to act quicker and to bring the centre back then and to defend as a team deep. And I think we did it in a good way. And uh, yeah, it was clear that uh, we will get under pressure for over, over 80 minutes then. And yeah, finally, immediately, we uh, were on the pitch, good organised, and had after the goal we scored also the chance maybe to get more, but it would be maybe a little bit too much.
6: Yeah, it was a it was a long time after the red card before you could actually get the boys in and and speak to them. How pleased were you with the way they kind of adjusted in themselves?
7: Yeah, I mean, um, we must uh, get stronger also when such, such things happen because it happens in football sometimes and and I think uh, they all fight it for Yannick for uh, and this is a team how it should be and, and today I must say I was proud of every player who was working on the pitch.
0: Yeah, well it's Liverpool up next, Adam, and they're trying to make their way back into the Champions League places. What are your thoughts ahead of that game?
4: Well, Saints have got something to go into it with now. They've got some some confidence to go into that match. Uh, had they lost this game, they lost again. You go to play Liverpool, and I think you're you're feeling, oh goodness, this is going to be another tough day at the office today. But now you suddenly go there if you're Saints, and you think, ah, well, it's a they're a good team, but yeah, we've got a chance. We'll give it a go. We've got a little bit of confidence, a little bit of a you know a renewed belief. In what we're trying to do together collectively, um, I think maybe that that spirit that they pulled together, that kind of unity they showed, the fact they were all working for each other, maybe that's just what they needed. Maybe tonight, weird as it is to say, maybe that Vestergaard red card, as ridiculous as it was, actually was a was a galvanising factor. We spoke before the game about last year's game against Leicester and the and the defeat, and how that kind of weirdly Galvanize saints they found something out of that that was positive maybe the same happened tonight and they can take that forward it was a great such a great result against liverpool at the turn of the year um and kind of that almost in your memory feels like it was the last real high point we had in this season uh so yeah maybe there's another one to come i certainly think saints will go there with a with a confidence and a belief in what they're doing that that they probably didn't have before they got on the field against Leicester.
1: Yeah, well, they have every right to go into that one, as you say, with a bit of confidence after that performance. Dean, what are your thoughts ahead of them taking on Liverpool at the weekend?
2: I think, like, like Adam said, I think the players can can look forward to it. Um, I think they can go there and and compete against Liverpool. They really can. You know, Liverpool's home form, form is not amazing. Um, Southampton, when they played the, the so-called bigger boys, have of, of been, again, very competitive and put good performances in. But it would need to be a 90 minutes performance. It can't just be for 45 minutes or an hour because Liverpool do have um, amazing players and, and really good quality within the group. But I think if Southampton can continue that resilience, continue that, that team ethic that they showed tonight and then add a little bit of quality and a little bit bit more creativity when they have 11 men, they, they will get opportunities against Liverpool. You know, Liverpool with defensive issues has been well-documented this season, so you will get chances. And if you can defend well against them, then there's no reason why Southampton can't go there and get a result. So I think the group will be a little bit more relaxed. I think that point will, like we mentioned before, have a massive effect on the players and and the rest of the season so a game that you look forward to against you know one of the best teams in in europe and playing again playing in a a fantastic stadium at anfield is, is always brilliant so no a lot of confidence going into it
1: all right then that's it for today's podcast thank you to our guests dean hammond and adam leach we'll be back on saturday the 8th of may when the saints make the trip to liverpool see you then